Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, we had an awesome interview last week with Nacho Mamas, Chris and Sandra Curtis off air posed this question. They wanted to talk about it during your interview, Mm -hmm. but they wanted to ask this question as a joke. And they were wondering of our dynamic, awesome podcast co-host relationship, who is the reacher and who is the settler? The reacher and the settler, like who reaches for the stars and who settles for what they have? Oh, wow. You you went really abstract on that. No, no, no. (laughs) You know how there's always the romantic comedies. There's always a formula, right? Mm -hmm. There's always the guy who's maybe under his league and he shoots for the woman, (laughs) beautiful, beautiful woman. So the guy would be the reacher because he's reaching above his grade. Yeah. Whereas the woman is just settling. Okay. So in our dynamic relationship, Mm -hmm. hashtag not a couple, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who is the reacher and who is the settler amongst us? So it's like show your work. Oh, I'm definitely the reacher, Nelson. I knew you would say that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely the reacher. It's pretty clear to everybody that I'm just reaching for the stars here. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I thought you would be the settler for some reason. (laughs) For some reason, I would always thought I would be the reacher because I'm always trying to up you and up your knowledge there. So I'm reaching (laughs) towards your level. That's what I'm trying to do. No, no, no. We we make it's a good partnership. It's funny. I didn't know they, they were asking you that I, I don't think I heard it yeah and then I had to I actually had to google what that meant like what a reacher and settler is <laughs> obviously I'm not a millennial so I didn't know what that meant so well, yeah my brothers but, always call it show your work you know when you run into like a couple that they don't quite match you have to show your work <laughs> like how did this happen <laughs> I'm a sports guy, right? Mm-hmm. So I've always heard the term outkick your coverage. Oh, I don't. Anytime I'm with my friend and I see this beautiful girlfriend with my friend <laughs> or a beautiful wife, we're always like, this, you obviously outkicked your coverage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss people watching for sure. Oh, that was really funny. Anyway, Monica, how are you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? I saw that your husband smoked a wonderful turkey. How was that? Yeah, no, the turkey was really good. Yeah, no, I'm glad he made the turkey, but, you know, I pretty much made everything else. And so it was pretty much like a five-course meal. (laughs) Apparently, James says that, you know, he has to monitor the the temperature to keep it consistent on the egg so he can't leave it side for like four hours. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had a great time. Um, What about you? I, I loved your spatchcock, by the way. Thank you. And yes, you should totally do it because instead of four hours, Mm -hmm. it only took me 90 minutes for an 18 pound bird. My goodness. That was well worth it just for the time Mm -hmm. that I saved on that. Wow. Yeah. Got to play a round of golf before I got to put the turkey in. So yeah, (laughs) obviously I'm really happy about that. But no, you were saying like you had to make all the sides and everything. Yeah. The turkey takes a lot of work too. So give some kudos to James as well, your husband. Um, I did all the brining and all the prep. He literally just put it on the... in the smoker and sat there. <laughs> I did the brine like the day before. Like I have a special brine. I, I use fruits, herbs, and, and broth. <laughs> Okay. okay, I'll give him credit. I'll give him credit, Nelson. It's it's 2020. We must be kind. Thank you, James, for smoking our turkey. Okay, good. Because my brother did the same thing as you did. He mm-hmm. kicked all the sides because I was right. like, okay, I'll take care of the turkey. Right. But 
obvious if you've followed me it was like a five-day process for me yeah yeah like i, I dry brined it in the beginning yep. spatchcocked it spatchcocking was the hardest part because i don't have these massive kitchen shears i have these you know fairly good kitchen shears but it was hard to cut through yeah no you need a, you bone. need a good pair of kitchen shears we have bone cutters mm-hmm. in my house just fyi yeah. bone cutters are very helpful to lots of things but my brother did all the sides and he was like oh it's a lot of work it's a lot of work you didn't make this from scratch some of this is from costco i've seen this (laughs) (laughs) hard work isn't reheating foods guys (laughs) wow wow gotta call out my brother there gotta call it out (laughs) it's it's hard because it's like only three of us and like everybody has a different favorite dish so like cole Mm -hmm. just wants mashed potatoes I just like stuffing. James just wanted a green bean casserole. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm making all these individual plus, plus <laughs> yeah. the things that we share, right? And so I didn't even I didn't even have time to like post any of that stuff. I just post like a couple things on Thanksgiving, but it's just like it was just too much. Oh no, I've I've done a whole Christmas dinner before and that was not fun. I'm ordering out next time. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast. This is episode 116. She's Monica and I'm Nelson. Hopefully you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We're on to the rest of the holidays. Your Kwanzaa, Christmas, Hanukkah, Festivus, whatever it is, we're on to the, we're on to the next one. So. Mm-hmm. And Monica, we have a great show for us this week. We are going to do something different for our show. We're actually going to eat live and drink live mm-hmm. on our show. And we're going to talk about some small businesses. But we do have one recap. Why don't you tell us about it, Monica? Yes, Nelson. You know, it's winter when Pyramid Brewing sends us a batch of snowcap winter ale. I really miss Pyramid Events and definitely the Ale House. And Nelson, I'm tempted to repost some of the stories from last year because yeah. they were hilarious with you drinking out of that ice sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was comedy. I- I've got to repost that. But having a drinkable brew for the winter is a treat. So Nelson, you and I were sent some pyramid brews. And also while I was out shopping, I found it was sold at my local central market. And it's just one of those things where I really love seasonal brews because they mark the beginning of a season and a different kind of celebration. It's something a little special that you can't get all the time. So I'm always looking for seasonal beers. I as well. Thank you to Pyramid for their Snowcap Winter Ale and their new logo. I just Mm -hmm. noticed they have their new logo on the bottles too. I was at Whole Foods and I noticed that they have Mm -hmm. Snowcap there as well. So that's good. Monica, as I mentioned, we're talking about small businesses. This past Saturday was Small Business Saturday. So if you're looking to buy gifts for the holidays for friends and family, please, please, please consider buying from a local small Mm -hmm. business. It's really easy. I know that you can just go on Amazon, but there are a lot of small businesses out there that are selling so many unique goods and offerings that you should totally look into them. If you're looking for gift ideas and specifically Mm -hmm. food gift ideas, the Made in Washington stores, Monica, actually has a lot of gift ideas for us and for everybody. I actually went down to the Made in Washington store in Bellevue Square and they have tons Mm -hmm. of ideas that I didn't even notice. I was like, oh, this might be good for my brother. This might be good for my parents. So I was looking through, I was like, oh, this might be good for my cousins. I can just drop off their house. So this week, as I said, we were able to sample several of the small food vendor companies available at Made in Washington. And Monica, I have all the products in front of me. Obviously you can't see it because this is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is a video show. I've got several things in front of us and I thought it would be fun to 
to kind of just do some live, I don't know if it's ASMR, but just some live eating and sampling of some of the goods. I've eaten some of these already prior, but I thought it'd be fun to just taste test them out and talk about it. Yeah, I've been trying to do eating on the show for two years. So when you suggested it, I was like, yes, please. And yes, there will be ASMR (laughs) because I'm a loud cruncher. (laughs) Just FYI, guys, get ready. Now, Monica, you might be familiar with some of these products because I think I've seen you put some of these pictures Mm -hmm. on your stories before images, but I've never tried any of these. So these are all new to me. They're all local, all made in Washington. I think it's a great way to support these Mm -hmm. small businesses and you can get them all at Made in Washington. And you can also order them online at Made in Washington. It's only $4.95 for shipping mm-hmm. there too. And so Monica, let's start it off. Honey Bee's Bakery. We got a five-pack cookie collection. I love shortbread, Monica. We got three versions of these shortbreads. They are Earl Grey, coffee and almond, chocolate chips. And then they also had buttery cookies. These buttery cookies remind me of the ones you get from oh the tins. God, yes. <laughs> you know yes. what I'm talking Damn, about? The, the holiday dance. tins. In fact, I almost bought yes. one of those. It's so funny because growing up, that was like the family gift. And we would like try to collect as many of them as we could. And then, of course, you know, you eat your favorites and then leave your the ones you hate in there. And like everybody's fighting over them all the time. Oh, those family mm-hmm. days. I miss those. <laughs> all right. So I got a cookie here and I believe I have the Earl Grey. It smells so good. I put them all in a mm-hmm. container. Mm, it smells so good. I'm just smelling it right now. Which one do you have? Well, I'm you? since you get Earl Grey, I'll grab the Earl Grey, too. Okay. And uh, I'll just take a bite here. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That tastes really good. Yeah, I like these. Yeah. I just love shortbread. I'm yeah. just a huge shortbread yeah, fan. Yeah, I, I like these because they're mm-hmm. thinner than most shortbreads that I eat. So they have a really nice uh, crunch to them. And yeah, you can really taste it all gray. You know when the first time I actually had shortbread, hmm. I didn't know what shortbread was. It was Girl Scouts shortbread oh. cookies that they used to sell. <laughs> I don't think they sell them anymore. Do they sell shortbread anymore? I think they call them something else because they rebranded okay. some of the names. And it also depends on what part of the country you live in, what they call things. And so when I took a bite, I was like, wow, this is really good. The buttery <laughs> flakiness right. of this. Right. <laughs> this is me at like eight years old trying to critique <laughs> cookies. But that's what anytime I have shortbread again, it just brings me back to mm-hmm. those Girl Scout cookies. And this Earl Grey is really good. And you know what else is good, Monica? Hmm. I'm going to try a bite of this one. The nougat. Oh my gosh. I love nougat. I'm going to take a small bite. Nougat is a little bit chewy and I'm, I don't want to be just the whole time. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. That's really good too. Which one was your favorite out of all those five? Definitely the nougat as well. I have to say the nougat had a different texture than what I'm used to, like commercially produced nougats. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little softer and the cranberries really make it pop. I mean, it's it's very vibrant. This would be something that I could eat all the time. And I think when I eat like, you know, like commercially produced nougat, it tends to like make my jaw hurt. But this is like a very pleasant texture. And so I actually have not shown this to my family and I've eaten almost the entire bag. I'll never (laughs) know the difference. You hid them from your family. I love Uh it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can get these Honeybee's Bakery cookies. All at Maine, Washington. You know what goes well with shortbread cookies, Monica? Mm, what? I've been drinking a lot of tea lately mm-hmm. because A, not you, Monica, but I'm pretty old myself. <laughs> and B, tea has just been a really good alternative lately because I'm trying to not drink as much coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy that they gave us this Russian Earl Grey from Whidbey Tea Company. And it goes really well with the shortbread along mm-hmm. with everything else. And they also gave us the soothing elderberry edible fruit tea from Kapuli Club Edible Teas. Mm-hmm. Monica, I'm usually a oolong or jasmine tea drinker more asian teas i lean Mm -hmm. towards when i'm drinking but i really like this earl gray from whidbey tea company 
Yeah, I like it too. I mean, there's something about um, the thoughtfulness behind how they uh, how they bag their teas. It's mm-hmm. a little extra with the packaging. But I have to say, whenever I hear Earl Grey, all I think of is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> yes. Earl Grey. <laughs> and actually, you know, Earl Grey is one of the few teas that I'll drink with sugar and milk. Mm-hmm. You, know, I usually drink tea straight up. But I don't know. There's something comforting about it. And it goes like really well with shortbread because that crunch. And so it's it's wholly dippable. Um, dipping biscuits and I've actually worked with Kapuli before before they Mm -hmm. joined Made in Washington I'm a big fan because not only are you getting a drink but you're getting a snack and this was especially important like when I was working in the office and and had trouble taking breaks well I still have trouble taking breaks I'm just working from home now but it was just it was just a nice little treat to have a nice beverage and then some fruit in it to nibble on so I always thought that was kind of fun and very well done yeah, these are really good, especially for people who are big tea drinkers. Mm-hmm. They can do it, especially now that most some of us or the majority of us are working from home. You can brew the tea and you can give this as a great gift. Mm-hmm. And then Monica, we got barbecue sauce mm. and the barbecue sauce is from Ponchi Elephant. Mm-hmm. Organic and gluten free. Just the way you like it, Monica. Yes. I know how much you love organic and gluten free. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Now, were you like me and did you dip some of your leftover turkey in this barbecue sauce from Ponchi Elephant? No, I actually mixed the barbecue sauce with mayo and uh, had it on oh. a sandwich. Oh, you got fancy on me. Okay, good. <laughs> That's me. I'm the fancy one, always settling. <laughs> this one is a sweet barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Just I wanted to mention it to all of our followers. It's actually really good. It's very delicious. I think I would probably do it with wings throw it in the air fryer Mm -hmm. that would be a good method to do it or just something just sweet and tangy that you can do something barbecue with yeah i tend to like sweeter sauces with like pork i think it's Mm -hmm. a really nice pairing and it actually went pretty well with the turkey as well but that could be how because of how smoky the turkey was but definitely not a vinegar based barbecue sauce just more like carolina style yeah and then finally to round out our whole made in washington small business food vendor tour monica i know you've had these before they're coconut almonds from absolutely nuts i love roasted nuts i think i got the short end of the straw here because i know i halved everything and split everything up evenly with you but i'm almost out of my coconut almonds (laughs) and i'm wishing i should have gave myself more before i gave it to you i know but you're so (laughs) kind and considerate and so you probably did that subconsciously um but i'll be sure i'll be I'm, sure to make up i literally today. can count how many coconut almond almonds i have left <laughs> maybe it's because i've been eating them since since i got them and was watching tv right i don't know but i had to save some for our show to try mm-hmm. it these are really good i love roasted almonds and i love just the coating on them just any nuts that that is coated that's i'm a sucker for mm, sorry mm. I'm busy crunching these are yeah these are really good <laughs> How'd you hear about these before, Monica? I know you had them before. Mm-hmm. I have. And like you said, they're they're very well done. It's sweet coated. And what I like is is how the coconut is shredded. So it's not really big mm-hmm. chunks of coconut that's shredded around the almonds. They're really, it's really a fine grate. And that adds to the texture of it and that overall experience. So really delicious. Yeah. Now, guys, all these products, like I said, all these food vendors, you can be found at Made in Washington stores, both the Bellevue Square location, as well as the Pike Place Market location. Mm -hmm. And you can go to the online store. And if you order now, it'll be shipped by Christmas Day. So don't wait till the last minute. If you have a foodie friend or if you want to buy some gifts for your friends or family to send over or to another state, this would be perfect. 
Yeah. And just for a minute, I just want to do some real talk because, you know, you and I have worked with Made in Washington quite a few times over the last couple of years. And I actually do use their service. And it's a really great way to support our local economy. So like Nelson, like I think one time I sent you some moon cheese. Um, I send packages mm-hmm. to my family over in Hawaii and across the country. And it is a great way to support a lot of small businesses at once. Not saying that you shouldn't like, you know, go directly to the vendors when you can or order from them online or if they have it or by phone just saying like you know it's it's an option because people are staying at home more and we're all making the decision that's right for us so if you're trying to stay at home and need a way to do things this is a good way to do it i think this year i'm doing a lot of family gifts where it's just a selection of various items rather than individual gifts and so made in washington is definitely on on my list i just think it's a great way to support small businesses Mm -hmm. it's just an easy way you can go on the site they have things like Koro Salumi that mm-hmm. we've talked about in past shows, as well as other products that they have. Mm-hmm. You can get a book from Local Kitchen, her new book, yep. things like that. They have great gift ideas that are local. Absolutely. Monica, I know it was a big turkey week, so we ate mostly turkey during this week, mm-hmm. but we did do a small fair of eating out in terms of takeout. Mm-hmm. We do have a what are we eating section, and let's start it off. Kick it off. For me, the day before Thanksgiving, it's always a tradition for me. I always get takeout. Probably a lot of people do that because they just don't want to cook the day before Thanksgiving. This year, I decided to choose sushi rolls because, Monica, you already know this, but for all you listeners, this is my guilty pleasure, guys. Mm -hmm. I love sushi rolls. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, I always like nigiri over the sushi rolls. Nope. The reason I go to all these all-you-can-eat sushi (laughs) places is because I can eat 20, 25 rolls back Mm -hmm. when we could do this. We yeah. can't do buffets right now, but back before March, oh, feast buffet or sushi buffet, I'm in. Where should I go? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at. Musashi Rule House in Bellevue is a place inside a grocery store, and it's part of the Musashi family of restaurants. I got the bake me and D&D rolls, and they're only $8 a piece, Monica. People were looking at this, and it's just like, are those four rolls for $32? Like, no, <laughs> they're actually two rolls, and they're $16 each. So that's a, it was a lot of food. Most of my week's worth, as I mentioned, of eating this week was Thanksgiving and turkey leftovers. But I was in Redmond on the weekend after playing some golf, and I stopped by the third place. I've talked about them because they're known for their Korean fried chicken, but I wanted to drop by and get their Dosi Rock lunchbox. It's essentially a Korean bento, Monica. Mm. And for $15, it's a lot of food. I had to eat the second half for lunch today Mm -hmm. because that was so much. I got the LA Kalbi as my choice of protein. And they basically gave you all the banchan as well as some Korean fried chicken, some noodles. And it was a lot of food, Monica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you are near Redmond and you're hungry, you should definitely look for that lunchbox. Yeah. The Dosi Rock lunchbox. And then I also... It's a decent food crawl place. Redmond's getting some decent food options. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spark Pizza. I was thinking about Spark Pizza too as well. Always but think about Spark Pizza. <laughs> Always think And the Woodblock. Mm-hmm. Molly Moons is by there. There's a lot of places now. And then the Ifong is there. So lots of places in Redmond. That's pretty much what I ate this week. I, like I said, most of the stuff I ate from home because I was making a turkey, but I did do a little bit of takeout as I went and played golf. Also, I always want to support a small business the day before and just grab something. For sure. 
I, you know, I can't really eat turkey for every meal because I get tired of it. So I still <laughs> eat out a lot. So this week, uh, you had mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, Nelson, that, um, you know, I repeat a lot of the same places. Um, one of the things is we're staying at home is I'm actually not going anywhere. So I'm really just going within a radius of my house yeah. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then supporting the local businesses. So this last week I went to Takaria El Sabor and I know you love their menudo, um, but I was mm -hmm. craving nachos and believe it or not, I couldn't find nacho mamas that day. They, they were someplace that I couldn't get to so i had some nachos this week i ordered macadon's pie collection and those were really delicious the lemon meringue tasted completely like a lemon meringue pie and my friends at moon cheese they must have seen your story that i reposted because they sent me more <laughs> moon cheese <laughs> these are snacking stuffers and so it's really cool because this week there's a cyber monday deal basically you buy the snacking stuffers and you get those free socks that i showed in my stories so i have a cool pair of socks as well because you can never have too many socks and then i went to kazuki ramen and i wasn't planning on it but i actually ended up eating there because they have outdoor dining it was freezing cold but not raining but i was really glad to just get out of the house for a little bit and i had some shoyu ramen but they're also doing delivery and takeout and then of course teriyaki time they're actually they've actually been closed for dining for a long time and but I, I was happy to see when i went to go pick up my order my chicken katsu plate that there were about six bags ready to go and so i think the neighborhood's really supporting them and it's been you know just a fixture in our neighborhood forever i mean i started going there when my kid was like just a baby just an infant so it's been there for a long time so those are the sort of businesses nearby that i went to this week now monica you didn't mention this but on your stories you had pie filling mm -hmm. from jasmine bell or bell's pastries <laughs> And I just want to tell people, because we have a podcast, that it is so unfair that you have a neighbor that's a Food Network food champion that just brings you stuff because they're nearby. I think it's so unfair that you just get, oh, I have some extra pie filling. Would you like some? Yes, of course I'd like some from someone who won a million dollars from a contest. Of course I would like some. Okay, Nelson. <laughs> I just want to tell everybody on, on our show just how unfair that is <laughs> that you have this world-class chef just across the street from you and you're just like, sure, why not? No big deal. So I wasn't planning on making any pies because as you saw, I was making something else, which I'll talk about in a minute, but I had no intention of making a pie because it was like too much work for me. Right. And I love sweet potato pie, but I just have never made one. And so, you know, Jasmine had a story up and I, you know, voted like, yeah, sweet potato. And she's just like, Hey, I have some extra filling. I'm just like, sweet. And I'm all, oh, I don't, I can't come by tonight. She's just like, well, I'm coming by. I'll just bring it over. I'm just like, cool. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so, so let this be a recruiting pitch for me, Jasmine. <laughs> Jasmine, if you're listening, Issaquah has a wonderful school district. It's perfect for families. I think you should totally move to Issaquah so I can get some damn pie filling. That's all I want to say. <laughs> oh, Nelson. How did I know you're going to bring that up? <laughs> <Get to it. laughs> okay. <laughs> 
done. She's got the message. (laughs) So before we get on to to sort of the things I did make for Thanksgiving and the pie, which we've already talked about, I've also been doing some home cooking with uh, Devash date syrup and Eleanor's Greek yogurt. So the vanilla bean yogurt pairs really well. I I roasted, oven roasted some date persimmons and I topped it with pepitas. And so you had like a bunch of different textures in there in sweetness and that vanilla and that crunch. And so it was just a really simple, simple dessert to whip up. Like there's four ingredients. I mean, right there. That's pretty easy. The day after Thanksgiving, I made turkey soup in the Instant Pot for the first time. I usually make it on the stove, and it literally takes hours to get that broth. It was definitely quicker and easier than a stovetop, so I'm never going to go back. So I think with the carcass, just to break it down to broth was about an hour plus just, you know, cooling time. I didn't have any egg noodles, so I just used some shells in my pantry, and it was delicious. Um, I really love soups, but don't like making them. But I I think based on this, I'm going to start making more because the Instant Pot really is a time saver. Time is usually the biggest factor for me. Um, Why I wasn't making a pie this year is because Seattle Cinnamon Roll gifted me some of their dough and I made sweet and savory creations. So I used what you and I both learned in the galette class from Jasmine Mm -hmm. Bell Smith (laughs) a while back. (laughs) And I prepared an apple, pear, strawberry, and blueberry pastries. So they're not really galettes because, you know, the dough is brioche, but it was my take on one. It turned out really well and I was really surprised. Cole actually really liked pear one and he's not big on pears. He's pretty limited in terms of what he eats, but he was very adventurous this week and tried a bunch of things he usually doesn't. And uh, my savory dish was a ginger pork bite appetizer, which was sort of like a thicker dumpling mix. So, you know, dumpling mix is usually pretty watery. I thickened that up with some panko breadcrumbs, sort of made it into like these little pork buns out of the dough. So those are really delicious as well. The pork appetizers were part of your Thanksgiving meal? Yeah, they were the appetizers that day. Oh, yeah. okay. And like I said, it was a five course meal, Nelson. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that. I was preparing four courses. <laughs> so yeah. Those galettes really looked really good though, Monica. Those turned out really well. And mm-hmm. and you know, just like we learned in class, it's whatever you got lying around. So I was gonna make a savory, but I knew that I was making the ginger pork bites. So I decided just to, you know, make sweets. And it's just whatever I had in the house and so flexible and so fast and easy. Monica, great stuff. I think we covered it all. Hey, we have an interview today. Yeah. Tell us about it. Today's interview is with Mallory Sajelski, known as Seattle Mallory on Instagram. Mallory is relatively new to the Seattle food scene, but captured our attention with her fantastic photography. Here's our interview with Mallory. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show, Mallory. Hi. I'm so excited to have you on and find out a little bit more about you. Let's get started with you telling us about your Instagram account. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started it last February, so I haven't even had it for a year. I initially started it thinking that I would want to show places around Seattle because I'm really passionate about living in Seattle and everything here. So I wanted to do like eating and drinking and places to go, but then March hit and the pandemic hit. And so I kind of pivoted and ended up doing a lot more food related stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So are are you new to Seattle? I've, I've lived here about three and a half years. I moved out here for a job, but a lot of the reason why I started my Instagram page was I wanted like visitors when they come here to really be like, okay, what can I do? And go to my page and kind of see, oh, I like this, or I want to save this, or I want to go here. I was hoping people would find inspiration from that. 
Oh, that's very sweet. So one of the things that I love about your account is your photography. And so as I'm getting ready for the show, I always go back and look at people's feeds and what their accounts have been like. So your photography has definitely changed over time. And I'll lead by saying that I actually think you're an excellent photographer and have a lot of talent, which is one of the reasons so excited to have you here. Where do you get inspiration from and how do you learn new techniques? Yeah, for sure. The reason why it's changed so much is that I've learned a lot more. Um, (laughs) And so I originally started off with taking photos of attractions in Seattle and food and everything. And I used a preset and I used that preset from like Lightroom editing. And then Mm -hmm. I eventually just kind of fell into more so what I like. So mm-hmm. I ended up, it, what you see now is more so my style than what you probably see at the beginning of my feed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so for folks who don't know what presets are, so basically if you use an editing tool on your phone, like Lightroom, which is, a, which is an app, a lot of times there are preset, there are settings that you can just push a button and that's what they'll do with your picture. And what I'm hearing from you, Mallory, is that you learned a lot more about what you like, sort of that's what we're seeing. And I just have to tell you, like, I love it. Like, it's, it's no joke. Um, I appreciate good photography, whether it's... It's with a phone or a camera. And so I think you're doing a really great job. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a learning process. A lot of it has been just watching tutorials, even stuff from like TikTok and Instagram and also seeing it on like Lightroom and YouTube and just kind of playing with my camera and learning more about that. Definitely. So as you mentioned, started this account in February. Yeah. So as a newer account, what advice would you offer to people who are just trying to get started? Yeah. So I think having some type of goal and that's okay if it changes, but having a goal in mind of like what you want to do and where you want to go and just being consistent. I think a lot of people want to see consistency in what you're doing. So you'll notice a lot of my posts will start with food and that's where it's kind of going from there. And just having all of that kind of upfront, it gives people an easy way to kind of follow you. It's great. I just love looking at your pictures. <laughs> oh, thank so, you. <laughs> so as you mentioned, you pivoted during COVID and moved more towards food, but I think there's still a lot of other flair in there for other businesses. Um, yeah. You are very enthusiastic about promoting businesses. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the ways each of us can support businesses we love? For sure. So I think what's really important is, you know, a lot of these small businesses, especially right now, are having a really difficult time. You can go to their posts, like their stuff, share their stuff. You know, you can also comment on it and Mm -hmm. also leave a review. I think that can be really huge. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there doing really awesome things about sharing our community. But yeah, a lot of it's just free stuff that you can do to promote a business. And then if you like it, go there and buy stuff. One of the reasons this is so important to me is this is actually one of the reasons I became active in our food community many years ago. And I always tell this story like there there was this restaurant down the street and it was probably the third restaurant that took over that business and they made really great food. They made like Vietnamese food and they did it really, really well. Like they had just amazing chicken wings. When they cooked anything on the grill, you could really taste that char Mm -hmm. and smokiness. And they were awesome. And I go in there like a couple times a week and the owner would be like, yeah, you know, we're running these specials trying to get, you know, the guys who work over at the car lot over for lunchtime. I'm just like, yeah, but like, how are you going to, like, how are you going to get business in? Because I really want you to stay. It was just such a perfect example of how making great food is not enough. Yeah. And so like, you're right. Like the things that you mentioned are for free. Like, and I had offered my, you know, my help to the 
owner at that time to make some connections and he just never took me up on it. Yeah. And, you know, now I don't even know where he's at. And all I can remember is how fantastic the food was and what a tragedy it was that he couldn't make it work and that now I can never taste it again. Yeah, no, totally. I, I completely agree with that. I think a lot of it is, I mean, social media is huge. People see stuff and then they want to go there and try it mm -hmm. and have their own experience. And I just want to be kind of that vehicle pointing people towards really great businesses. Yes, absolutely. And there's so many of them. And oh, um, so many, <laughs> so, so, so many. I know. And I always tell people, I'm just like, hey, I'm doing the best I can. I know I haven't seen you in like three months. Yeah, doing the best I can doing the best I can. Okay, so this is a question that I sort of thought about last week or the week before when uh, a bunch of foodies were at Sam Choi's for the Eat Ramen pop-up. Um, I was supposed to be there that yeah. night, but um, unfortunately could not be. So COVID hit. Yeah. And, and so again, you just started your account in February. So if, if COVID hadn't happened, you probably would have met me and lots of yeah. other people out in the community, but there's not that connection. And so it really struck me like when you were there and like meeting new people and other people say, Oh, I met Mallory for the first time. I thought that was really great. Like, how are you trying to connect to the food community to, to like folks on Instagram um, during this time where we really can't meet face to face? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just with Instagram's algorithm. I've turned on a lot of foodies notifications for when they post. Mm -hmm. um, so I like what they post as well as comment on it. Um, I watch a lot of stories. So I try to comment there. And I just, I, I want to feel connected to the people that are in this community. And they're, they're awesome. Like I've had so many good conversations about places to go and things to do. And you know, food to try um, mm -hmm. just by connecting on social media. So it is awesome to ha have pop-ups and actually get to see these people, although I don't really recognize them because a lot of foodies don't actually post their face. Um, <laughs> and then they're wearing a mask on top of it. So sometimes, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, introducing yourself. I definitely had a few people where I was like, hi, I'm Mallory or another few other people are just like, hey, you're Mallory, right? And so it was a nice way to connect with the foodie community. And I think, you know, if we were out in the world and it was back more so to normal, we would be able to connect a lot quicker, but got to do what we got to do. Definitely. I mean, and it's something, again, I hadn't really thought much about until I, I saw that event or, you know, it was outdoors, it yeah. was socially distant, it was safe, it was contactless ordering. I know all that stuff, but definitely not the same as before. And, you know, for myself, I've actually um, shut down quite a bit and kept my, as Nelson calls it, circle of trust relatively small. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so there's lots of folks that I love to meet, but I'm just like, hey, you know, post COVID, maybe I'll have a party or something to meet people. Yeah. <laughs> people are always like, hey, let's get together. I'm just like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> that is fair. That way too. I'm in the health community. So a lot of like what I do, I just always make sure I'm wearing masks and that mm -hmm. it's an area where you go up or, or wait in line and you're six feet away. So I, I feel like I'm trying to be as conscious of myself and, you know, being around other people. But mm -hmm. a lot of it is I have my, you know, little pod that I hang out with and I don't do much else. And a lot of my photography is from my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, when COVID first hit, I mean, as if you if you see me before COVID, then you know, like I'm out like five to seven times a week. Um, in addition to my day job, shooting, oh, and then 
once COVID hit, I had to like, you know, I had to get some backdrops. I had to get some lighting, you know, and it's just like, how do you make takeout look pretty? It's just like now all of a sudden I'm a food stylist, which I never wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember somebody commented on one of my photos. I like your flat lay. And I was like, oh, that's what it's called. <laughs> I know. It's- <laughs> Okay. So one of our standing, standing segments of the show is what are we eating? So why don't you tell us about three of your favorite places to grab a bite Mm, in Seattle? Three. I know. And so such a small number. Okay. (laughs) I really have during COVID fell in love with Don Lucho's, which is Mm -hmm. really close to me. They do Peruvian food and their Mm -hmm. ceviche is Oh, it's so good. It's immaculate. It's exactly like it is in Peru. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> I'll have to agree with you. Yeah. I've known I've known Carlo for many oh. years since he had the sandwich cart. Yeah. The food is fantastic. And by the way, that outdoor patio vibe, oh. it's got it going on. It's yeah. And so you, if you think about it, a lot of places, just because you have like a tent in it, it's outside, you have still have mm. to have air for it to be covid right mm. yes. But um, he definitely makes that mark. And oh, it's so warm and cozy with all the, you know, lamps and everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The other one that I've really liked is Skulka. Mm. They do ketchupuri, which is mm-hmm. basically like my love language. So it's mm-hmm. bread and cheese and butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you tell I'm from Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but now I know. <laughs> Um, and then I want to shout out a black owned business fats chicken and waffle oh my god Mm -hmm. so incredible so amazing Mm -hmm. their honey butter chicken biscuit is unreal just so good those are all really delicious choices and I know it's hard to choose three but honestly with foodies if we leave this open like this would be like an hour and a half long show which we know nobody really listens nobody really listens to it so (laughs) not not an hour hour and a half like that's a commitment that's like a commute somewhere right yeah um okay Melody so what are you on any other platforms besides Instagram I am only on Instagram right now Mm -hmm. I have TikTok I have played with the idea of potentially doing stuff on there. I'm Mm -hmm. a little nervous to do videos. That's not really my jam. I think I'm going to start with hopefully just posting my face more on Instagram and then eventually maybe move to other platforms. Okay. Well, it sounds like you have a plan. Mallory, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This is so fun. And that's our interview with Mallory. I know you've had a chance to meet Mallory in real life, Nelson, and I'm looking forward to it when we can gather safely again, because it turns out we're neighbors as well. Yeah, it was really great to meet Mallory at the La Dolce pop-up, Monica. I'm going to tell you, I have such a hard time recognizing people's faces with masks on. (laughs) So when she came up to me, I was like, hi, I'm just like, I I don't know who you are. And then when she said it was Mallory, I was like, oh my gosh, I put two and two together. She's really sweet. I'm really glad that she came on the show. Mm -hmm. It was a great interview though, Monica. Yeah, I've been a fan of her stuff for a while. And I think I just saw that she hit a thousand followers. So uh, pretty new in her Seattle food scene journey, but definitely I love what she's doing. The photography is amazing. I love her photos, as you mentioned during the interview. The way she does things with lighting, Mm -hmm. I have been, it's taken me three years and I still haven't mastered it. (laughs) Monica, we always forget to do this for the last couple giveaways. We always forget to announce our giveaway winners. So I'm going to take our last moments of our show to announce the giveaway winner this past week for 
the hundred dollars to Wild Ginger, and our winner is Yong Hee Wong. Y O N G Y H U A N G. Congratulations! You've won a hundred dollars to Wild Ginger. Don't forget, you guys. They are open for takeout and as well as pickup at all of their locations at the McKenzie and the Bellevue. And their wine is also 50% off mm-hmm. on bottles too as well. For Yang Hee Wong, we will contact you and we will get you that gift card. That's so exciting. I mean, $100. I'm jealous. I'm lucky jealous. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great meal right there. So exciting. I think I'd be ordering probably five orders of the Sayur Lode. Right. Just, right. Yeah. No, I got, but I got to have the pinch buns too. You know, the toilet mm-hmm. bowl buns. The toilet seat buns. Yep. Toilet seat buns. You got to yeah. have those. <laughs> toilet seat buns. That you call them With the family. duck. That's what you call mm-hmm. it in your family. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monica, I think that's our show for tonight. Anything going on this week? Nope. You know, I mean, trying to go to work after like only working three days last week. It's going to be a struggle this week. Oh, I actually got to go into the office this week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, uh, looks like our schedule is going to be a little bit light this week, probably for the holidays. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that just like most years, most people are going to probably take the last two weeks off or probably the last three weeks off. If you guys are doing that, I want to see some awesome food takeout crawls or just cook at home and just do a whole food crawl at home. Please show me that. That looks, that sounds awesome. Food crawl at home. Yeah. I'm going to go to the living room. Then I'm going to the dining room. Then I'm going to the fridge in the kitchen. Then I'm going to the stove in the kitchen. An indoor food crawl. Like you wake up in the morning and you have spam and eggs. Then at 11, you have make a, make yourself a burrito. Then at 1 PM, I don't know, noodles and ramen. And then 3 PM. What else are you making? You put in a prime rib roast. I don't know. You do something. Yeah. I feel attacked. Egg egg rolls at 4 PM. (laughs) What else? Euros at five. (laughs) Just, I mean, you can do a toll. You can just go to Costco and buy all this stuff or Trader Joe's or Fred Meyer and just buy all that stuff and just make a food crawl at home. That sounds like a good idea. Cooking though. Didn't we just talk about like <laughs> cooking at home? <laughs> Don't you have to make a burrito? It's cooking, right? Don't you have to like cook up the carnitas, put it in the <laughs> instant pot? Yeah. Make some stuff. Make okay. Some stuff. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the week and happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.